Okay, let's get started. Sheer number three, Generation Shabbos. Welcome all Gen Shabbos, Shabbosers, I guess we can call ourselves. So Sheer number three is going to be about Oneg Shabbos. To enjoy, to delight, to take pleasure in Shabbos. And as we're going to learn, Oneg Shabbos is not just a detail of Shabbos, it's not just another mitzvah, but it is the essence and the main purpose of Shabbos. So let's, together, let's, let's learn about Oynik Shabbos, and hopefully we will see how this is relevant to us as Generation Shabbos. This is relevant to us every single day of our lives, and we'll learn about ourselves, and hopefully we'll learn about Avedis Hashem, how to serve Hashem with these ideas. Okay, so the source of Oynik Shabbos, the source of the mitzvah to have Oynik Shabbos, is a Pasuk in Navi. The Pasuk says, Vikarasa. Le Shabbos Oynik. You shall call Shabbos Oynik. Call Shabbos a delight. Which means turn Shabbos into a day of enjoyment, a day of pleasure. Okay, so let's, let's begin to understand this mitzvah and uh, again, how we can apply it to our lives. So we all know about the concept of Yurida Sadoros. We all understand that every generation becomes smaller and lower spiritually. And the further in history we go, the smaller we become. This is a concept we've all been told from when we were children, and it's, we don't need to be told. It's quite clear that we are not on the same spiritual level that our ancestors were, that even a hundred years ago our, our grandparents were. However, Rav Tzadok HaKon Milublin, he quotes Rav Simcha Banim who says that although it's true that every generation, our souls are getting smaller and smaller, however, he says that is only the external part of our soul. The inner point of our soul, what he calls the point in our heart, he says that's actually getting more and more purified every generation. So on the outside we're getting lower, but somehow on the inside we are getting higher. And the question is, what does this mean? What does this mean? We have some inner point that is getting higher, on the outside we're going lower. What does this mean? And how do we access? Is there any way for us to tap into that inner point of our heart? What does it mean for me that there's something inside of me that I can't feel, that I can't experience, that somehow is getting holier and holier? And somehow we're holier than any other generation in history if that point, is, if that point in our heart is always getting holier. So let's learn, Be'ezus Hashem, how we can understand this and how we can use these ideas in our Be'ezus Hashem. So the explanation is as follows. The Balatanya says that there's a rule. The higher level something is, the lower it is able to lower itself. So for example, if you need someone to explain a concept to a child. Uh, my, my daughter yesterday started her math tutor. And if I had to choose a math tutor for my daughter who is 10 years old, I would probably choose a teacher who you know, understands little children, who may not be the greatest mathematician, um, but, but they understand how to explain concepts to children. But the truth is, it's not, it's not really like that. The truth is that, is that the greater someone is, so for example, the greatest professor, the greatest PhD in math, can actually do a much better job at explaining the most complex concepts to the youngest of children. So, for example, we're taught that Shlomo HaMelech, Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, and the Navi tells us what his wisdom was. And it says something very interesting. It says that he knew 3,000 Mishalim. He knew how to say over 3,000 Mishalim. Now that's, that's great. You know, 3,000 Mishalim is a lot. 
But we've all heard of the Dubna Magid, and the Dubna Magid I never counted, but he, he has a lot of Mishalom that he said. Now, Dubna Magid was, was a huge Sadiq, but we're talking about Shlomo Melech, the wisest of all men. Is that his greatness that he knew how to say 3,000 Mishalom? 3,000 parables? Doesn't seem like such, a, uh, such an incredible uh, wisdom to me. So the Tani explains as follows. The Tani explains it doesn't mean that he said 3,000 Mishalim quantity. That he had you know, 3,000 Mishalim over his life. He said 3,000 uh, 3, of them. He says no. He says what it means is that Shlomo Melch knew how to take the most complex ideas in the world and bring them down to the level of a child. So for example, if you're trying to explain to your kid the concept of a king, you want to tell them about Hashem. Hashem is the king of the world. Problem is your kid's never seen a king. So you tell your, your son, let's say he's three, four years old, you tell your son, listen, you heard of the president, right? We just had elections. You heard of the president. Well, the president's not a king, but the, the president's not a king, but he's, you know, he's in control of the country and he can do certain things. So a, a king is like a president, just much, much more powerful. So that was a muscle. You gave a muscle for a king and you lowered it down to the level of a child of a president. But let's say your child's a little bit younger, doesn't even know what a president is. So what do you tell them? You say, well, you know, let me explain to you what a president is. A president is someone in charge of a whole country, kind of like daddy is in charge of the house, or mommy, usually. Right? Just like your parents are in charge of the house, so there is a king, there is a queen that is, used to be in charge of the entire country. You see, what you just did is you took a concept, a president, a king, and a queen, and you brought it down even lower. You brought it down to the level of a child, or even a young child can understand they understand mommy and daddy, so they can understand, through that they can understand the president. And through the president, they can understand the queen, the king. So you see, what Shlomo Melech did is that he took the most, the deepest concept of spiritual, of the spiritual worlds, and he knew how to give a mushal to a mushal and tie a chain all the way down so that a young child can understand the deepest concepts in the world. That is the wisdom of Shlomo Melech. And that's the way it is in the world, that the the smarter the person, the more they're able to explain something to the simplest uh, child. You know, Al Lahavdil, Albert Einstein once said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't really understand it. Right? To really understand something deeply, you, you have to, you, to be able to explain it to a child, you, I'm sorry, you have to really understand it very deeply. The only person who can probably explain, uh, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity to, to a six-year-old child is probably Einstein himself, because he understood it so well that he's able to bring it down to a level that even a simple person, even a child can understand. Now, this is true in holiness as well, in Kedusha. The more holy something is, counterintuitively, the more it is actually able to go down into the most unholy of places. So for example, the Gemara tells us, The place where Bali Tshuva stand, even the greatest of Tzadik, it's even higher level than the greatest of Tzadikim. Now, that doesn't just mean that a Bal Tshuva has more reward than a Tzadik. And we understand that. They struggled and they overcame uh, a, lot more, a lot more difficulties. They, over, they came back from a very far place. We all understand that Bali Tshuva is on a very high level. But really, Gemara is telling us something much deeper. The Gemara is not just referring to their reward, it's referring to the type of neshama they have. The neshama of a Baal Tshuva comes from a higher place than the neshama of a Tzadik. Because the neshama of a Baal Tshuva, it was able to descend into the lowest of places, into the places that it went down into, and it was able, even in those places, to, to feel uncomfortable, and to be searching, and to try to find Hashem, even in those places. 
In order for a Baal Shuba to be able to do that, for a Baal Shuba to be able to come out of the pits, it must be that their neshama comes from such a high, such a holy place, that it's able to go all the way down there and still able to come back up. You see, somebody whose neshama doesn't come from that high of a place, if they go too low, it's, it's going to be really, really hard, if not impossible, for them to come out. But a Baal Shuba, someone who's able to come out of those places, is someone whose neshama is so high that it can go so low. Okay, so let's talk about Shabbos. The Pesach tells us at the end of the six days of creation that Hashem saw the entire world, everything that He created, tov ma'od. everything was very good. Now the Medrash says, what's tov ma'od? What's very good? So the Medrash says the last things in the world we would have said if you would have asked me what's very good in the world, I have, I have a list of things that are awesome. The list that the Medrash says is very strange. It says, tov ma'od zeyitzahara. This is Yitzhahara. Tov Ma'od Zemalach Amavis, the angel of death. These are not exactly the things that we would put on the Tov list, let alone the Tov Ma'od. These are the very good things. Now, not only that, when does Hashem say this? This is at the end of day six, right before Shabbos. If you know a little bit of history, not that much history, only about 12 hours of history, you would know that, that not even 12 hours, six hours earlier, I'm sorry, six hours earlier, Adam and Chava ate from Eitzadas. So what exactly is so tov ma'od? What is so great about the world? Right? The world seems to be pretty broken. On this world, this world in which man has already sinned, he's in the world for a couple of hours, he's already sinned. On that world, Hashem says tov ma'od? What's so great about the world? And the answer is that Hashem created this world in order to have, the Medr says, in order to have a dira batachtonim, in order for him to have a dwelling place down here in the lower world, to reveal himself in the lowest of places. And we mentioned the Ramchal last week who says that Hashem created the world to give good. But what is that good that Hashem wants to give? The greatest good that Hashem wants to give is himself. And shout out to Meaningful People podcast, they have all of their shiur, Martov Ma'od, all of their, I'm sorry, their podcasts are awesome. So this... Tov Ma'od, Hashem says, I want to give myself. Ramchal says, Hashem created the world to give. He wants to give over himself. Yes, that is definitely true. Without struggle, there is no growth. We're going to get there in a moment. We're going to learn about struggle and growth through struggle. So again, we mentioned Ramchal that Hashem created the world to give good. And the good he gives is himself. Now, like we said, in order to go into the lowest and darkest of places, you need the brightest of light. So what is Hashem saying right before Shabbos? When He looks at the world that's already broken. He looks at the world that has Malach that has death. He looks at the world that has Yitzhahara. And Hashem says, you know what? I know that the world seems so empty of my life, of my light. But I want you to know that everything in this world is coming from such a deep light that it can descend even to this darkness of this world. I created man specifically in this lower of worlds so that he should reveal that under the surface... Under the surface of all this darkness is the most brightest light you can imagine. And that's what man was created for, to reveal that it's specifically in the darkness that there is a higher light that must be there in order for it to be able to descend so low. You see, tov means something that is clearly good. Something that I look at and it's tov. Like the Medr says, tov, zeyetzer tov. When Hashem says everything was good, he was referring to yetzer tov. You look at the yetzer tov, he's a great guy. He tells you to do the right thing. That's tov. But what's tov mode? What's something that's very good? It's very good, something that comes from a place of very, a place that is beyond. 
right? Something that is very good. I mean, it's not just good. This is, this is next level, like we say. Tov Ma'od, Hashem is telling us the good that is, that is hidden within those things that seem so dark, that's coming from a much, much higher place. That's coming from a very high, high place, a place we can't even comprehend how that's possible. How is it possible that the deepest of light, the holiest of, of spiritualities in these lowest of places, we can't understand that. But when Hashem looks at the world right before Shabbos, a world in which man has already fallen, Hashem says, this is Tov Mode. Now the world is dark, and now man will be able to reveal that there is Tov Mode in creation. And that's the purpose of man. Man, Adam, is the same letters as Ma'od. Man's purpose in this world is to reveal that Ma'od, to reveal that man in his or her broken state comes from that higher place, that place, that light, which is able to descend all the way down into the lowest of places. Okay. Now that statement that Hashem said, when he looked at the world and said, Tov Ma'od, we said in the first class, and we've been mentioning throughout the Shiurim, that the six days of the week correspond to the 6,000 years of, of the world. And we right now are right at the end. We're in the year 5,781, I believe. Right? We're right there at the end. If you do the math of what hour we are on Erev Shabbos, we're right before the end. We're right before Shabbos. That's why we're Generation Shabbos. And it is at this moment that Hashem looked at the world. Hashem looked at us. He looked at our neshamas. And He said, Tov Ma'ot. This is very good. This is actually great. That's what Hashem said when He looked at us. We may not, we may not say that about ourselves. Like we said, you read the Sadoras, we're the lowest of generations. But yet, Hashem looks at us and He says, This is awesome. The Gemara tells us that right before Shabbos, there was something else that was created. Something we're all familiar with. It's called the Neshama Yaseira. As we go into Shabbos, the Gemara tells us that Hashem gives us something called a neshama yisera. Now, I always thought what that means is we have some extra neshama. There's like, you know, there's me and my neshama, and then on Shabbos I get like some, you know, uh, added, I don't know, upgrade. I get a temporary upgrade to my operating system, and I have this extra neshama that goes away, Matzah Shabbos, it's gone. But really, what Chazal are telling us, neshama yisera is not an additional, it's not something else that we get. Rather, what Hashem gives us access to is to the deeper part of our own neshama. Neshama yaseri, yaseri means extra. It's just like the word ma'od. Just like Hashem looked at the one and he says tov ma'od, there's something that looks very dark, but really if you look deeply inside, there's something very, very good in there. So to our neshama yaseri means that Hashem reveals the deeper part of our neshama. The part of our neshama that is able to find Hashem in the lowest of places. It's the tov ma'od that's in us. That's the neshama, it's the part of our neshama that sees yaseri. It sees more. It sees beneath the surface. It sees more than what meets the eye. When the external part of our neshama just sees coarseness and physicality, this part of our neshama, the deeper part, it sees ma'od. It sees yisera. It sees something deeper. How do we do that? So how do, what does this mean? So the Medrash tells us that one of the mitzvahs of Onik Shabbos is to light candles. That when Shabbos enters, we light candles. Right? One of the most... One of the most uh, obvious, not obvious, one of the most known mitzvahs of Shabbos is candles. That's what Shabbos is. The beauty of Shabbos, Friday night, those candles that are lit, that light up the house. That's what Shabbos is. The, but the Medrash says it's actually Allah and Onik Shabbos. And Allah and getting pleasure from Shabbos, the only way for you to really enjoy it is if it's, if, if it's lit. Your room has to be lit. So you have to light candles to covet Shabbos. Now, what's interesting is that Shabbos has no night in the Torah. You know, every day of creation, it says, Vayere, Vayvoker, Yom Echad. 
Vayer Vayboker Yom Sheni. There is evening, there is night, and there is day. On Shabbos, it never says Vayyerev. It just says Vayichula Hashemayim. And Hashem made Shabbos. It never says Erev. It never says that there is evening. And what's interesting is that what do we call the day before Shabbos? Erev Shabbos. So in reality, you know what Hashem did? Hashem took all of the night from Shabbos and brought it a day earlier. The whole of Friday is like the night to Shabbos. Just like every day is made up of an Erev and a Voker, a night and a day. In Judaism, the day starts with the night. Shabbos has no night. It never says Erev. The Erev of Shabbos is Friday. Shabbos itself, there's no darkness. It's all light. And that's the candles of Shabbos. When we light candles when Shabbos enters, what we're saying is, on Shabbos there is no darkness. All of the darkness in the world, Hashem says, Tov Ma'od. As Shabbos enters, Hashem says, no, no, no. If you think this is dark, you haven't looked deep enough. Look deeper into the darkness and there's something incredibly deep. There's a light that has come from a higher place that it looks dark, but it's really the brightest thing in the world. So let's go back to what we asked in the beginning. What does it mean that although externally our neshama is the lowest neshamas that have ever existed, but internally, the inner part of our neshama, the nekuda shebelev, somehow is the highest ever? The answer is, is that the outer part of our neshama, that part of our neshama only sees the outer shell of things. It only sees holiness in things that are externally holy. So it loves doing mitzvahs. That's a part of our neshama that loves mitzvahs. It loves mice and toivim. And that's the way it should be. But there is a deeper part of our neshama. There is the ma'od of our neshama. There is the neshama yaseira. What Rabbi Simcha Bonam Pshischa calls the nekuda shebelev. That part of our neshama, it wants to bring Kedusha all the way down into this world. All the way down into the deepest part of our hearts. What does that mean? That's the part of our neshama that wants us to feel an emotional connection with Hashem. You see, when you feel emotionally connected to something, you feel it. You're, it goes all the way down into your body. It's something that, right, the greatest of feelings is something that you feel in your heart. Now, a person can be connected to Hashem with their neshama. The outer part of the neshama does mitzvahs and puts on tefillin and listens to Hashem and it's amazing. But the inner part of our neshama wants to feel it. The Pasuk says, Taste and you will see that Hashem is good. Baal Shem says, you know what it means? He says it means that when you taste something, if you taste something in this world and it's good, you should know Hashem. That is, what are you tasting? When you taste something good, you know what you're tasting? You're tasting godliness. You're tasting holiness. You see, the deeper part of our neshama, the nekudah belave, it doesn't want us to just do mitzvahs because Hashem told us so. That's the outer part of our neshama. The outer part of our neshama sees a mitzvah, sees tefillin, boom, he's happy. But we don't feel that in our body. We don't feel that in our heart. It's our neshama. We believe it. We have emunah. We know we have a neshama. We know our neshama is connected to Hashem. But we don't feel it. The nekudah believe the inner part of our neshama, what it wants is it wants to feel it. It wants to feel emotionally, physically. It wants to feel Hashem. On Shabbos, we call that the neshama yisera. You know, Rashi does an amazing thing. Rashi in the Gemara says, you know what the neshama yisera allows you to do? It allows you to eat more than you usually could during the week. And not, get, and not feel disgusted by the food. That's what the Neshama Yisera gives you. That's very strange. Neshama Yisera sounds like a very spiritual thing. What does the Neshama Yisera allow you to do? To be able to really stuff yourself and not feel disgusted. You see, what, what's Rashi really telling us? Rashi is really saying that our, the outer part of our Neshama doesn't like this world. It doesn't like food. It doesn't like physicality. 
And it looks at it and it looks at the external shell and it says, this is, this is not good, this is not holy. I'm not interested in that. Here, body, you take that. But the neshama yaseira, you know what it does? It's not disgusted by food. You know why? Because it sees that the greatest kedusha in the world comes down into this coarse physical world. And not only is it not disgusted by this world, but it gets the greatest oinig, it gets the greatest pleasure specifically from the most physical of things. Because that's the part of our neshama, like we said, that wants to reveal Hashem in the darkest places, in the lowest places. You see, onig Shabbos means that you physically and you emotionally feel Hashem. You feel that He's in your home. You feel that He's infusing your chicken soup with His light. Repenchus of Karitzer writes, Talmud of Vashem he says that on Shabbos, the Shabbos food, the Shechina dwells inside the Shabbos food. Now what that means, I have no idea. But obviously what he's telling us is that when we taste the food, when we enjoy the Shabbos food, we're not just doing a mitzvah. We are feeling godliness all the way down into this world. That pleasure that we feel as we eat the food, that is somehow the greatest of, of light that is coming all the way down into this world so that the actual pleasure that I get from the food, that itself becomes, becomes the greatest of holiness, the greatest of light. Is, um, and I'm able to feel it physically. I'm able to feel it literally in my bones. Right? It's not hard for our body to feel uh, pleasure from food. But on Shabbos, that pleasure itself becomes the greatest of Kedusha. That, becomes, that comes from the Neshama Yisera. And that must be the greatest of light. Because for something to be able to come down into this world so deep, it must be from a very high place. So Shabbos, what is Shabbos? Shabbos is your Neshama showing your body how good it is, how good it feels to be a Yid. Tamuru kitoy Hashem. That's what Shabbos is. You know, it's like going to a fancy restaurant. No one wants to go to a restaurant alone, right? Why not? Your taste buds, it tastes exactly the same whether you're with someone or whether you're alone. So why does it feel so much better to go out to eat with someone you love? What's the difference? The answer is obvious. That your body, it may feel exactly the same to your body, but there's nothing deeper. There's no emotion there. It's just you're just feeding your body. But when you go out with someone and you enjoy the time together with them, and then you're, you eat good food, there's an alignment. The deeper part of you, your emotions, are aligned with your physical body, and that feels so much better. Shabbos is when we are aligned, the outer part of our neshama that loves kedusha, that loves things that are externally holy, is aligned with the inner part of our neshama, which loves things that are, don't look so holy, which loves the physical world because it understands that it's tov ma'od. It understands that in the physical world is the greatest of light. And on Shabbos, that comes together. That's called Onik Shabbos, where I'm able to taste my body, my, my, my emotions. I'm able to feel Hashem's love towards me. I'm able to feel Hashem's closeness. Literally feel it in my body because the food that I'm eating is the Shechina. That's Onik Shabbos. That's called Onik. Now, we are the Neshamas of early Shabbos. And what that means is when Hashem, like we said, when He looked at the world those last moments and He said, Tomod, He was looking at us. And it is specifically from our seemingly low level that it, it must be that we come from the highest of places, like we said. So what this means is, and what this will end, what this means is that all of the issues and difficulties that so many people in our generation have with Yiddishkeit, it actually stems from this. Because you see, when a child grows, he needs to get new clothing. That fit him, right? If you continue wearing the same clothing, children's sizes, what happens? As he grows older, he starts feeling very uncomfortable and the clothing starts getting very tight. You see, that's what's happening to so many people in our generation. 
The inner part of our neshama, that part of our neshama that wants to feel, again, physically, emotionally, feel Hashem in our lives, feel it, taste Hashem the same way we taste the bowl of chalent. It wants to feel that every time, every time I daven, I want to feel the same way. When I say Kabbalah Shabbos, I want my legs to jump up on their own. That's what we want. That's what the deeper part of an neshama is thirsty for. Because again, it is, it is the part of an neshama that wants to go all the way down into the physical world. And when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't feel that, when it doesn't find that, that satisfaction, that oinig in Yiddishkeit, you know what happens? It's like this adult who's wearing children's clothing. The outer part of an neshama remains the same. The inner part has been growing and growing and it is hungry for a deep Yiddishkeit, but it's not getting it. So you know what that feels like? Suddenly it starts feeling Yiddishkeit doesn't speak to me. It's really the exact opposite. It's because your neshama, the inner part of your neshama is so great, it's bursting to come out. It is thirsting for a closeness to Hashem. That's why on the outside, when it doesn't get that, it feels so hungry. And people mistake it as, as this is not for me. It's that, that children's clothing that is starting to rip. Their children's Yiddishkeit. Their Yiddishkeit is a child's Yiddishkeit. They were never taught, they were never shown, they, were never, they never tasted the beauty of Yiddishkeit. And it's so sad because it's so easy to taste it. And the best way to, to start is on Shabbos. On Shabbos, Einig Shabbos, one of the greatest mitzvahs in the Torah, is to be able to enjoy, to love what it means to be a Yid, to feel that it's Geshmak to be a Yid. And Hashem should help us all. We should feel the Einig, the pleasure of being Yid every single day of our lives, not just on Shabbos. We should be able to reveal that Toiv that tremendously high light that comes all the way down into our physical lives, into our emotion. And we should feel that connection to Rabbanu Shalom. And Amir Hashem, we should... Our neshamas should be brought out into the open. The tremendous depths that we have inside us, we should finally experience. And we should be zeichet to Mashiach. Amen.